Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen, or I'm sorry, good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and good evening, and probably good morning to around the world and other places too. But this is Friday, November the 27th, 2020. This is the Truckers, Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So come out and join me this evening. Hold a chair, sit on a sofa, relax, or join in the conversation. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Truckers Podcast. I hope everybody had a uh, good work week or a good week, and uh, happy belated Thanksgiving to the United States of America. But first, let's get those thank yous out there to all our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses and our paramedics, our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my listeners and my followers and my guests. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Well, here we are. still in this pandemic. Gonna go on for some time, ladies and gentlemen. Even with the vaccines, we're gonna still be in this for a while. So I hope everybody is taking care out there, following the mandated rules, We know what they are. Wear a mask, social distance, stay six feet apart, wash and sanitize your hands on a regular basis, don't gather in large groups. That's what we're supposed to be doing. So, anyways, like I said, I hope everybody had a a, a good uh, good week. So here we are coming up upon the weekend, the final weekend of November. So, what took place last spring? here in Canada 
and other places around the world, but what happened here in Canada also too, is that we had that lockdown. Where all non-essential services were closed. Now, back in the springtime when all this took place, The federal government put together an aid package for all Canadians who lost their employment. So it was called the Canada emergency response benefit. Now, people who were on a um, disability or a, um, a social benefit, some of them collected the, the Canadian Emergency Response Benefit, which if, you, which if you're on social assistance or you're on a disability, you are not entitled to that $2,000 a month. And of course, there was other people who collected this money who also weren't entitled. But specifically, with these people on social assistance or other assistance from the government. Ottawa says it doesn't support provinces that claw back benefits, calling it unfair. Well, I mean, if it's something that you're not supposed to collect because you're, you're getting a social benefit already. You were not employed at any time. So you were on a disability or you were on social assistance. So the landlords in Saskatchewan say that they are in a morally tough spot, forced to choose between evicting tenants whose social assistance payments had been clawed back during the COVID-19 pandemic and foregoing rental income they rely on. Tenants who normally pay rent with the help of the provincial income support or disability benefits saw those payments reduced or cut off because they collected the federal Canada emergency response benefit that they were not entitled to the money and found themselves falling behind on rent. See, the thing here is, is that 
They should have contacted or anybody like their, their social worker and started asking questions, are they entitled to this money that the government was giving to Canadians who lost their jobs? Landlords then have no rental income for those few months and ultimately are forced to evict those tenants who haven't paid rent. Most of most provinces here in Canada instituted a ban on, on non-urgent evictions in the first months of the pandemic. But those have since been lifted and Saskatchewan landlords have filed more than 1,000 eviction applications to the Office of the, of the Rental Tenancy since August the 4th to get a sheriff to remove tenants but there's no tracking system to measure how many tenants simply complied with a vacate request or how many were related to, to the lack of government assistance. I don't know why people would think that this was free money for everybody. You're already getting a disability check or you're getting a social service check because you're not working or you're unable to work and it was only meant for people who lost their jobs. Hey, thank you for joining the Truckers Podcast. I am your host, Doug from London, Ontario, Canada. How are you this evening? I hope you had a uh, a good week and a safe week. So I'm out of here tonight, and I was talking talking about um, landlords say that poor tenants who receive the Canadian Emergency um, Response Benefit. This was um, a financial um, package that our government put together last spring during our lockdown for people who lost their jobs. So there were people who were on a disability or they were on social assistance. So this means that they were not entitled to the, the uh, Canadian emergency response benefit. So what happened is these people collected this money and they were not supposed to. It was only for people who lost their jobs during the lockdown last spring. And this is overflowing from, from then and all the way till now with these tenants who are on a disability or social insurance um now have themselves in a precarious situation
And this, uh, this is out in Saskatchewan, Canada. And um, I think around here, they said they were about a thousand evictions applications to the Office of the Residential Tenancy since August the 4th. To remove tenants from the residents because they're unable to pay rent because you know when you collect a, a an emergency fund from the uh, fund from the government and you weren't supposed to and these people on disability or social insurance had that taken away from them so now they were left with no income And here, you know, the uh, the the, uh, the federal government say it doesn't support provinces that claw back benefits, calling it unfair. Well, these people shouldn't have been collecting it in the first place because they weren't entitled to it because they didn't have a job in the first place. So it's not like they were losing their job because of the lockdown. They were already receiving money. How fair is that? Well, I think that they should have been talking to the social assistance or they should have been talking to the disability to see whether they were entitled to this emergency recovery benefit. And I think if they've gone that far and found out that no, you can't collect it, they wouldn't have bothered. But it wasn't just these people that were collecting this emergency recovery benefit. It was other people who were collecting it as well that were not entitled to it. And that was people who tried to collect it while they're still working. Because it was it was a simple it was a simple thing to do online with the government. You only had to uh, answer three questions, and a few days later, the money was deposited into your bank account. And here, um, Revenue Canada is still collecting that money back from people who shouldn't have received. Like I said, it was only for people who lost their jobs during the first lockdown back in the springtime. You know, tenants who normally pay rent with the help of the provincial income support or disability benefits saw those payments reduced or cut off because they collected the federal Canada emergency response benefit when they weren't entitled. Landlords then have no rental income for those few months and ultimately are forced to evict those tenants who haven't paid rent. 
most provinces in, instituted a ban on the urgent evictions, even here in Ontario where I live, in the first few months of the pandemic. But those since have been lifted. In Saskatchewan, landlords have, like I said, they've, they've filed more than a thousand evictions since August the 4th. Well, rent shortfalls normally pit landlords against tenants, you know, they're signing a blame to the provincial government for creating a, 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 a systemic problem. I don't know how that could be. When you're not supposed to collect the $2,000 a month, then I don't see how that's, you know, creating a problem. It's only creating a problem for the people who collected it and who was not supposed to get it. Those conversations are hard to have with families who rely, who really applied for those, those benefits in hopes of getting a leg up when they were really taken off at the knees because the provincial programs are now clawing back those income assistance dollars. People said are left without housing, without food and shelter, and what will be a cold and a snowy winter. So do we put the, maybe put the onus on the landlords and we say don't evict? Because somehow that money has to be paid back from the people who, you know, who wasn't supposed to collect it. But I, I don't, man, like, I, dis, I disagree with, with um, even clawing back their monthly payment. And terminating it all together. Because the government will take dollar for dollar. until that money is paid back. So if you were getting a disability check of $800 a month, well, the government's taking $800 a month. So even if you received one payment of the $2,000, who cares how long it takes to pay it back? You know, but you got to remember, even if they took $100 of that $800, I mean, not everybody's on on uh, uh, a rent geared to income. So you're taking $100 off that eight, and it's still leaving these people in a tough spot. And I don't think that the provinces should be should be allowed to just cut you off of your disability or your or your social assistance. I think I think that the uh, the provincial government of, of um, 
Saskatchewan should basically just leave it, just leave it alone. Welcome to the Truckers Podcast. Thank you for joining me this evening. We're just out here talking about what has happened um, since last spring when the uh, Canadian federal government um, had the, the, the Canada Emergency Recovery Benefit for Canadians who were laid off during the first shutdown of this pandemic. And that people who were on um, disability ben- benefits or social services benefits, they collected this money, which they were not entitled to. And there were other clawed back on their payments or they were cut off of their benefits. And of course, you know, if you're not gonna, if you can't pay your rent, well, you know, the landlords are gonna file to the landlord's tenant board to have you evicted. And these are people who are just scraping by even before the pandemic happened because they were just getting a disability or they were getting social assistance. But they were not allowed to collect that $2,000 a month on that first shutdown because they were already getting money. This was only for the unemployed. Provinces have own policies on clawbacks. So the federal uh, program, um, which is now over, um, provided temporary income support for people who lost work due to COVID-19, 19 paying out $500 a week for up to 16 weeks. It was then extended in June for another eight weeks and again in August for another four weeks. For a total of 28 weeks. Canadians who had earned more than 5,000 in, in the previous 12 months were eligible to apply, but applicants weren't required to provide any proof that they had been laid off or lost their jobs to the pandemic. So this was easy. This was easy to do. You know, not, not, uh, Generally, what happens when you get laid off and you don't know how long you're going to be laid off for, you're going to collect um, unemployment benefits. But there was no waiting for this money. So once you filled out the documents on the Canadian Revenue Agency's website, then you got this money within a few days. And this program um, has paid out about 80 billion in benefits to nearly 9 million people before unwinding down in September. 
some people on disability benefits who have low paying jobs were eligible for this benefit, but others weren't. In some cases, people switch from provincial assistance to the higher paying, the emergency, uh, the emergency recovery benefit, while in others, they collected both, which is known as double dipping. But I understand why people would switch from the provincial assistance to the higher paying benefit because that was only for meant for a short period of time. So then what are you gonna do? You're gonna go back and and, and get your, your social assistance. You know that that just that just causes a problem for that individual that for that individual. And the consequences depend on where they live in Canada. Saskatchewan and most Atlantic provinces decided to cut off provincial assistance or clawback payments dollar for dollar by the amount the recipients got from this emergency recovery benefit. Alberta, Man Manitoba, Ontario, and Quebec instituted partial clawbacks, while British Columbia, the Northwest Territories, and Yukon allowed people to keep both provincial and federal benefits. They're lucky. The Minister of Social Development and Poverty Reduction said, this is back uh, on April 2nd, that it was a way to complete the federal crisis measures to support our most vulnerable population and ensure they do not fall deeper into poverty as a result of COVID-19. So they were allowed to keep it, keep their social assistance or the disability and they were able to collect it, collect the $2,000 a month. And the Office of the Federal Employment Minister, who was in charge of this emergency recovery benefit, said it's always been her position that clawing back provincial assistance is unfair and the provinces and territories should not penalize emergency income assistance recipients well like i said i mean these <clears throat> they were in their home they're on their social assistance they're on their disabilities and some were allowed to collect both some were not allowed to collect it at all depending on the jurisdiction and the province that they lived in So this 43-year-old uh, is one of those who, who lost her provincial income support after she got this emergency recovery benefit. And she lived in Regina, Saskatchewan, where she says she's broke, homeless, and worse off now than she was before she started receiving the federal assistance. 
And she says that uh, she was evicted from her two from her two bedroom rental unit after failing to pay rent of eight hundred dollars a month for three months. And her landlord also put up plywood over the doors to her unit. So, I mean, this means that, you know, she lost her federal assistance or her provincial, whatever she was on her disability because she collected that emergency recovery benefit, which she was not entitled to. She goes on to say, until recently, she had always had enough money to make her, her rent, despite struggling to scrape by on roughly $1,200 a month in a provincial income and disability assistance. So I mean, still $800 a month rent and getting $1,200 for her disability assistance. But she decided to collect something that she wasn't entitled to because it was more money, right? $2,000 compared to her $1,200, giving her an additional $800 a month. So, you know, she talks about um, things began to spiral downward in July when she got a tip about the emergency response benefit from a stranger in the parking lot of a Tim Hortons coffee shop. And she says, some lady came, came up to my mom and asked if we were collecting the COVID money. And we we're like, no, we never heard of it. She said it's free money that's given to the low-income families to survive while the, while, the, while the COVID is out. Well, that's not true. One, it wasn't free money. People who collected this emergency benefits will have to pay taxes on it, an income tax time. And it wasn't available for everybody. So she was sadly misinformed by a perfect stranger in a Tim Hortons parking lot. So they like, and the government is saying that wasn't accurate. And she, and she should not have qualified for the emergency response benefit payments. She said no one explained the criteria to her or the consequences. Now, when someone comes up to you and say, hey, look, the government is giving out free money. And anybody can collect. 
Sounds great, right? But wouldn't you turn around and think to yourself, maybe, just maybe, I should make some phone calls. Call my caseworker. Call the government and ask questions. But this was, you know, this was rolled out really fast. Because, you know, a lot of people here across Canada and probably other parts of the world too, you know, you work for a small business and you're getting minimum wage. And for a lot of them, that minimum wage really doesn't go that far. So when this all came about, you know, this, you know, the government just started hammering out this program as quickly as they could with really no explanation. And it wasn't just these people collecting it who wasn't supposed, like, or people who were on social assistance or a disability. Other people out there decided, hey, government is giving $2,000 away every month. Working or not working, people were applying for it. And now those people that weren't supposed to apply for it, the government is catching up to them. And that money will have to be paid back. Right? All you have to do, one phone call, and you give your social, your social insurance number, and then boom, you get $2,000. That's how easy it was. There's a couple other questions on, uh, on, the, on the online form that you had to fill out. You know, and, and people, you know, collected when, when, when they weren't supposed to. At what fault and whose fault? Government's fault, the people's fault. You know, we can, you know, blame, you know, put blame on both. You know, because what are what are what are people supposed to do who are making a low income and they're living paycheck to paycheck every single month? There isn't any extra at the end of the day. So when you lose your job in incidents like this pandemic, and this money came readily available from the government, those who applied got it. And like I say, or the ones who weren't supposed to apply, the government is catching up with them. 
She says that social services had always paid her rent directly to the landlord, she said. So it wasn't until the end of August that she realized she was behind in rent and she had been cut off for provincial assistance. So she thought that her rent was still being paid and she didn't know she was cut off. I don't, I don't understand how she would she wouldn't know she was cut off because she would have got a notification from the social assistance department of the government. So for three months, she thought her rent was still being paid and she's got this extra two grand. And now the Saskatchewan government um, defends their move. So the Saskatchewan government maintains that the emergency response benefit was for people who lost wages, not for welfare recipients. If social workers discovered early that a person had applied for the benefit, their provincial assistance was cut off and, and they were told to reapply in 60 days. But if someone collected both federal and provincial money at the same time, and was later caught, social services worked out a long-term payback schedule for that emergency response benefit, money that includes reductions for months to come. So how much money are they taking? From their checks? It's, it, I don't know. So the government, you know, turns around and says, we're not punishing them. Our provincial programs are a program of last resort, and they should be utilized like that. If someone is not reporting their income to us or a change of circumstances, then they are in violation of the terms of the contract we have with them. So, you can't be on social assistance and working full time. Social assistance will help you if, for instance, you found a, a, a part-time job. You know, you're getting 25 hours a week. So what social assistance will do is they'll give you the difference. But you have to be up and upfront and honest about it. You know, you can't be working 25 hours a week plus getting your, your social assistance and saying nothing. Because when you do get caught, you'll be cut off. You'll also be charged with fraud. So it's really important for these people to understand that 
you know, if you don't, you know, talk to your, talk to your, uh, your social worker and just think it's okay to collect this money, you know, and when they find out, you're in a lot of hot water. So anyone who collected this money from Ottawa and disability support from the province could have been receiving up to $3,600 a month for four months. That's a considerable amount of money. $3,600 a month for, for four months, tax-free for the moment? Not a bad income for a month, but collecting it illegally. Every dollar counts. And this person from the uh, Regina Anti-Poverty Ministry, which advocate, advocates for low-income families, said she's troubled that the Saskatchewan government is clawing back social assistance payments when it, didn't, when it didn't cost the province anything for people to collect the federal emergency recovery benefit. No, it didn't cost the province anything. This came from the federal government. These are two different jurisdictions. You know, from the federal government to the provincial government to the municipality. So this had nothing to do with the federal government or with the provincial government. And they're clawing back their money or cutting them off. You know, we do see this as the province saving money on the backs of the poorest people in the province. They clawed it back 100%. It ended up really being a federal transfer to the province while they made a savings on the emergency response benefit monies as opposed to it being a, a real benefit for people, for people on the provincial income assistance programs who really needed it. Goes on to say, I think it's really disturbing. Anybody got any thoughts, any comments, you're more than welcome to text me. You're more than welcome to use the guest call-ins if you want to comment on this topic. This owner of, the, uh, of a property management um, which oversees 550 rental properties in Regina, said he had to reduce rent or work out a payment plan 
for tenants who are feeling the pinch from lower social assistance payments. Most are still receiving enough provincial assistance to cover their rent, or most of it, he said. And he's been told small reductions will be made for the months from the living allowance portion of the welfare payments. It's sad because that $50 they lose each month can make a big difference for a single mother. Well, it most certainly can. $50 for a single mother is a lot of money. You know, see, the federal government doesn't step on the provincial's feet, on the provincial government's feet, and vice versa. So should these people lose $50 a month from their allowance that the government, the provincial government, gives them every month. That's going to take a long time to pay back, you know, for however amount of money they collected. You know, whether it was they collected the 2000 for three months or they collected it for four months. They would pay that money back. But like I said, that money came from the federal government. Income tax, when you file your taxes, you're filing it to the federal government, not the provincial government. This woman who was cut off entirely hasn't had any money coming in for months. So why are they not restoring her disability? And maybe only taking $50 a month. So remember her rent was $800 and she was getting you know, a little over 1,200. But still not really leaving her a lot. You know, she's just scraping by and now she absolutely has nothing. Now, since then, our programs here in Canada, um, for assistance still going on with this COVID. What happens now is that when you file for your unemployment insurance, and instead of it's it, it, instead of it being um, based on how much money you made, and you get a percentage of that, let's say. 60% of your wages. So what happens now is that it's like the emergency response benefit, 
It's $500 a week for the, for the, um, for the employment insurance. Now, some people have returned back to work, but they're not getting full-time hours. So they can still apply for the EI. And they have to report their earnings. And then then their check will be adjusted. So now this is the only way, you know, that people can still get assistance from the government during this pandemic. So people, now we have here here in Canada, we have a, a, a lockdown in the city of Toronto. In the Peel regions, which include um, Mississauga, Brampton and Celadon, these are areas just north of the city of Toronto. So these people, these small businesses, I mean, they shut down the bars, they shut down the restaurants, they, you know, anything that's not essential in these areas, they close because of the COVID numbers in those areas. So these people now, you know, these, these, these employees will be laid off So they will be able to collect the EI, which they'll get $500 a week. If they find other employment in in another area that's not in lockdown, then they have to report that. Like I said, you don't want to be caught working part-time and getting EI because if you get caught, you're going to lose both. And you have to pay it back. So, I mean, you know, unemployment insurance, I mean, anybody can collect it when you lose your job. But generally, it's only at 60% of your wage. And the federal government was only going to make it $400 a week. And they decided to pump it, keep it at $500 to help people financially through this pandemic. But what's going to come out of this in in, uh, Saskatchewan um, for these people who collected this emergency response benefit plus their benefit? But it sounds of things, you know, some way, somehow, um, these recipients are going to have to pay it back. So, I mean, don't collect something that you're not supposed to collect.
That's what's going on here across Canada. And here we are at the end, you know, coming uh, this weekend is the last weekend of the month. And they're still talking about this. Should the province cut these people off of their social assistance because they collected the 2000 they weren't supposed to collect? I mean, we just can't let people just collect money, right? That you're not, that you're not entitled to. Because then everybody would be doing it. It's tough. You know, it's tough for a lot of people. I feel for these people. I really do. But it wasn't hard to find out whether you were entitled to it or not. Because you just have to call the government to find out. So for now, it's something that, you know, for that province of Saskatchewan, that's something that they are going to have to have to work out. And should the landlords be evicting these people from their from their residence? Like I said earlier on in this in this discussion, is that that ban on evicting tenants have been lifted. So the landlords can go and file at the landlord's tenant board to have you evicted. For this person here that had lost all her money every month, She's not getting her social assistance anymore. She was cut off. I mean, wouldn't you wonder because for three months that went on that her rent was being, being paid direct and she would get the remaining of the money. But she not noticed that she wasn't getting the remaining of the money. The other four hundred dollars. And then only to find out that she was three months behind in rent, that's twenty four hundred dollars. 
because she thought her rent was taken care of by her social assistance or her disability. I mean, obviously the communication wire was, was disconnected, you know, by the social worker and by her. And now this is the situation that a lot of people across Canada are finding themselves in. But thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this Friday evening. And I like to get those thank yous out there to all of our essential workers and our frontline workers, our doctors and our nurses and our paramedics, our police and our fire departments, that I thank you every day for the job that you do day in and day out. And also thank you to my listeners and my guests and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. And now, without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we will rock out the rest of the Truckers Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you, and have a good evening.